0: Honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion hosted on the Paladino Live Network. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Dino Joey, or Joey Owygen. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. You get the idea. It's great to be on board with you once again today. As today, we will have a celebration about a certain milestone. I'll get to that in a couple seconds here. First of all, Timberwolves, they had an okay week for the most part, I would say. Actually, I'd say more than okay. Minnesota goes 2-1 in three games. And less importantly for most of you that might be listening just for Timberwolves basketball, and I totally understand, that's why I try to stay on topic rather than bounce around like so many other shows do talking about breweries, talking about the last time they did this, the last time they did that. I don't want to know about your personal life. I don't want to know about the parties you went to. I don't care. It's not what I'm listening to your show for, for God's sakes. But this is a personal milestone for the podcasting career that I'm doing, even though it's not like a paying career necessarily. <laughs> it, it can be sometimes, but not often. It's not a milestone for Timberwolves Explosion, as this is episode 315. But overall, when you talk about Timberwolves Explosion, Purple Mafia which is a Minnesota Vikings podcast, Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild podcast, Freedom of Thought, we'll call it a political podcast. (laughs) You don't have to listen to that one if you don't want to, but some of you might want to. Um, Paladino Live and Showtime and T-Wolves. It all adds up to this being the 1,000th episode of my career. pretty damn crazy. Uh, I appreciate those of you that have supported this show and the others along the way. I can't thank you enough. Uh, It's not like this big success story. I'm not living in a mansion. I'm living in a (laughs) Golden Valley apartment, so it's nothing big and spectacular, but it's been fun. I've enjoyed every minute of it for the most part. Not every minute, but most of the time, (laughs) this and that. So now let's get into Timberwolves basketball. We'll have more of a celebration in segment number three. It's not going to be a live production video and all that don't necessarily have the time or the resources to get into any type of live video production. Those of you that have done that, though, hey, God bless you and go for it. You know, God bless you. Those that have done podcasting careers and all that are podcasting like the Courtside podcast had a really awesome uh, celebration for their 100th episode. Gosh, almost a decade ago already. Yeah, yeah, both of us have been doing this for quite a while. So I'll shut up for now and get back to that later. The game of the week by far was the 27th of November, the first of the three. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, we finally won in Philadelphia. Going back to many, many years in the past, 2014, the Timberwolves finally get the victory. Uh, We had a couple of dramatic games. When Andrew Wiggins' career was getting started, when he had like 35 points and such, so the Wolves would find a way to not win the game at the end. This time, Minnesota did. 121-120. Felt a million times like we're going to lose the game. You see Carl Anthony Towns foul out. You see Gerald Van- Jared Vanderbilt foul out. In fact, we have more personal fouls than any other team in the NBA. Uh, D'Angelo Russell looked like a flat-out hero in this game. He looked like Steph Curry, this and that. I Made my feelings about Steph Curry known. I don't like the guy at all. I don't like the way he reacts. Every time he makes a freaking shot, it's ridiculous. For lack of a better word. (laughs) Uh, It's obnoxious. Uh, But he looked like Steph Curry with his shot. At least in the fourth quarter. He struggled most of the game. But then fourth quarter, come fourth quarter, bring it to the ticket. No. Ticket wasn't that clutch. He he could be. But not often. Uh, But D'Angelo Russell exploded basically in the fourth quarter and into the overtime period. and wound up being 6 of 10 from downtown. It felt like a lot more than that. He had at least five in a row during that stretch. He was absolutely spectacular. Anthony Edwards kept kind of struggling a bit, not following up after a couple of spectacular games, and he struggled in Charlotte. We talked about that last week after having an amazing performance the day before against uh, Jimmy Butthead and the Miami Heat. Anthony Edwards has struggled a bit during the course of this week with his field goal percentage, but D'Angelo Russell, at least for one night, was clutch beyond belief. Absolutely crazy! It was so much fun to watch. Uh, it sucks that it's so long ago. I wish I got to <laughs> wish I got to do the show right after the game. I almost should have done like a little miniature show and just did a game review just for that game and just had it there because the feeling was so good. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt again, another 14-rebound night, again, but fouled out. It just kept th- feeling more and more, yeah, we're not going to win. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. And then we just didn't. Timberwolves just didn't lose. The Anthony Towns fouled out before overtime. Jared Vanderbilt fouled out in overtime. And the Timberwolves still find a way to win, thanks to D'Angelo Russell's heroics and some other big plays along the way, like Nas Reed as well, uh, getting inside and hitting a couple of close ones to really, really get the Wolves in gear, get the Wolves in position to get the job done. It was an amazing back and forth throughout the night. God, Joel Embiid couldn't miss down the stretch, and he made 16 to 21 free throws because he got fouled 150 times. I guess, I guess he did. Especially the one that cost Carl Anthony Towns is the game, basically. I thought we were done there. Tiki-tac, bull crap the kind of stuff that got called on Sam Mitchell years ago that drove me to insanity. Tiki-tac call, barely, barely maybe graze the guy's uh, wrist, maybe graze the guy's wrist, maybe, yeah, I'm not even kidding, it's complete BS, Uh, just like Sam Mitchell years ago when the Wolves ended up losing a game, I think it was in Atlanta, circa like 97, 96, back in the good old days, I still remember that kind of stuff, I don't remember every detail, but I remember details going back that far pretty well in a game that, you know, wasn't exactly the NBA Finals, or you know, the the night we clinched the playoffs or bliss, blah, 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 or won the division which was only once, unfortunately um, it was just the same old bull crap, and then of course Joel Embiid made both of them, and ugh, the Wolves end up having to go to OT and no Carl Anthony Towns, it's like, it's over game over, blankety blank, curse, curse swear, swear that's yeah, basically what happened, the Wolves still find a way to win, D'Angelo Russell keeps getting more and more clutch down the stretch, saving the day And the Wolves end up surviving in overtime. Oh, by one point. One freaking point. The Wolves end up surviving. The Wolves were ahead by so much for so long. And then the third quarter happened, which had historically been the Wolves' Achilles' heel. And then the fourth quarter became the Wolves' Achilles' heel. And then, yeah. It's like the Wolves always seem to start strong in games. Not always, but when they do, it's nice and everything. But it doesn't always lead to victory. In this case, clutch play by D'Angelo Russell got the job done. And it's fitting that the Philadelphia Phillies, Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know why I keep calling them everything but what they are. The Sixers, the Philadelphia 76ers, passed on D'Angelo Russell, and that was the night where Joel Embiid tweeted out, "Okay, question mark, question mark," and was laughing like, "Okay, why did you take, why did you take another big man?" Uh, it was a Jalil Okafor. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, okay, sure, that's great. And then look where Jalil Okafor is—absolutely nowhere. Uh, D'Angelo Russell isn't exactly the next... Yeah, I'll say his name. I'll say his name. Steph Curry. He's not exactly that guy, but he can be at times on occasion in the fourth quarter. Thank you, D'Angelo Russell, for <laughs> an absolutely amazing night. November 27th, 2021. We'll never forget that one. Honest to God, we won't, because Philly's been a pain in the ass forever. Indianapolis. No, the Indianapolis <laughs> Pacers. Okay, I'm kidding. A team with some, definitely some talent. But they haven't won a ton of games this year. We'll see if they can get things going in the right direction soon. It's a team that's had players be often injured time and time again. Like Victor Oladipo in the past seemed like he was always hurt. He's hurt now for the Miami Heat. Just imagine if he was healthy, how good the Heat could be possibly. Just imagine, like, let that sink in. Their bench isn't exactly anything I would go, like, holy crap over either. Chris Duarte, he's okay. Keelan Martin, not Kevin Martin. Not that I was a gigantic Kevin Martin fan, but on occasion. He was just so soft. DeMontis Sabonis, he only had 25 rebounds in the game, by the way. It was another bleep fest when it came to the fouls. Minnesota leads the NBA in personal fouls. I'll say it again. Leads the NBA in personal fouls. Is it the refs, or is it the fact that we're just a little too much? Carlton Etonis fouled out again, and he had nine turnovers. But he did get 32 points on 22 shots. Nine turnovers and six personal fouls, though. Whew. I do think Carl Anthony Towns gets screwed many times going to the basket, though. And I'm saying over and over and over and over. He'll go to the basket. 90% of the time, somebody of his stature gets fouled or gets, gets, you know, there's contact and such. There's always a magical foul called one way or another, even if it is all ball, which sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't, especially in that Washington game. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'm not going to rant too much about that, but then again, at the same time, that's it's like a general rant about go to the basket, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. It's like there's no foul. It's like it never happens. The whistle never happens. Um, and I'm not trying to support the whiny Timberwolves fans or Carl Anthony Towns when he whines every 10 seconds with that. The problem is, most likely, and 99% of you already know this, that actually like like you know, like are more objective and aren't just wearing the shades... Carl Anthony Towns constant complaining is leading to this issue, where he's going to get ticky-tack fouls called against him and no calls coming the other way. They're like, oh, oh, sorry, Carl, sorry, oh, shoot. and of course it can lead to technicals and ejections as well, which happens all the time to certain players. You know, I, I won't call, I won't compare Carl Anthony Towns to Rasheed Wallace just yet, because he went way overboard. It was just he would scream like. Like extremely he would he would have volcanic eruptions at the refs and they just finally got to a point where he'd have to look at a ref and he could get a T. there's a famous uh video years ago it's not that famous but he just gave the ref a look and it's like whack you're get out of here that's what the ref said and then steve smith ran over and said you didn't do anything <laughs> i still remember that and the ref said get away from me steve okay 20 year old memory again sorry um this was an okay game. I'm glad the Wolves won. One hundred and ninety-eight, that type of thing. It was kinda like even Steven for quite a while. The fourth the third quarter was a nice win for the Wolves, actually. Eleven point advantage there. And the Wolves just kinda hung in. It was kind of a back and forth, kind of a battle between the two teams. Little runs here, little runs there. But generally speaking, it was kinda just basket for basket. Or miss shot for miss shot, which there were quite a few in this game. These teams didn't exactly tear the, the 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 nets off of the rim or anything with all the shots. Forty-four percent for the Wolves. I thought I had everything up in front of me, but of course, uh, thirty. Yeah, and then thirty-nine percent for Indiana. So not exactly good. Twenty-four percent from downtown for Le Paysel. Twenty-five percent for the Wolves. Yuck, yuck. Yep, it was a clang fest. the The rim might have got dented and bound, and and uh, knocked out of place a bit with all the missed shots. But that's what happens when you start Josh Akogi. Okay, sorry, I'm, I didn't mean to do that. He's actually hustled and done a really good job, to be quite fair. I'm going to be fair, Josh Akogi's been pretty good. Um, doesn't shoot well, he still can't shoot. Like, one of four, that just says it all. Missed both of the three-point attempts. You just don't want to have him shoot a whole lot unless he's close to the basket, that kind of thing. If he was a hockey player, you just hope for an empty net goal. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's mostly like a fourth-line player in the NHL and uh, stuff. Okay, <laughs> I'm just talking goofy now. Well, that's what happens when guys are hurt or sick and all that. Jared Vanderbilt fell ill in that stage. That's why he was unable to play. So he was sick of getting fouls called on him in the Philly game. That's what happened, I think. Something like that. But again, nice little win for the Wolves. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> and yes, there will be a bit of time of celebration in the third segment. I'm not going to make it too crazy, of course, but again, it is an exciting moment. I'll kind of go over the history a little bit without trying to babble too much. The Washington Bullets, the Washington Wizards, who look like the Washington Bullets, but they're still called the Wizards and their logo has nothing to do with the Wizard. In fact, it's just a basketball that says Wizards on it. Uh, that's a fascinating logo. It's the worst logo in the league. Uh, it, it sucks. It sucks. Uh, the only thing good about it is it's nicely done, I guess, in terms of it looks... It, uh, yeah, it's it's boring. It, it's just that it's it's not ugly. It's just boring. Okay, maybe it's not the worst logo, but it's it's freaking boring. There's nothing going on. It's just a basketball. Woohoo, boy, that's really wizard-like. And it's I don't know. And then the bullets. I'm gonna say this again. Years ago, I wish I had the soundbite on me, but the laptop that has it on the hard drive, or at least I think it does. I might have to. Take it, uh, is damaged, so I don't know. Uh, it is what it is where I was telling Marcus what a bullet really is, it's not bullets like you're in, you know, like you're shooting a gun or anything, like you're in the city and shooting at each other, or you're out in the out in the country hunting. It's, it's not that kind of bullet. It's a train. Like the silver bullet in the Budweiser commercials? The silver bullet? Or is that Coors Light? Ugh, yeah, I think it's Coors Light. Gross. Um, I'll never get that endorsement, but I don't think I want it. It's the worst beer ever it's not it's not beer it's just rusted water that's what it tastes like um a bullet's a train damn it it's, it's just a train so i don't know why you're getting offended by calling them the washington bullets it's a fast moving train it's a fast moving train i wish they'd just go back with that name like hell with it <sighs> it's just stupid or if you just call them the silver bullets there you go oh shoot well oh, sponsored by course okay i probably might have to go to colorado Sorry, I'm being an idiot. It's just, there was that kind of game, though, where Carl Anthony Towns, yep, again, it was just another mess of a game. Carl Anthony Towns struggled from the floor sometimes, but generally speaking, he had a great game. Let's be honest. He got hurt at the very end, though, landed right on his tailbone. That sucks, and his status is unknown at the moment. I don't think he's going to miss, like, a ton of time, but he might miss a game or two. It's still kind of unknown, even at this moment. Uh, He struggled a bit with Gafford, and the Wolves generally struggled throughout the game. Uh, Godford's a heck of a player, three blocks, and I'm very happy to have him on my fantasy team. 18, 10, and three. Woo! Three is the blocks, of course. Montreal. Montrez Harrell. Montrell, Montrez Harrell. Sounds very French. Uh, Montrez Harrell had 10 dunks in the game. Okay. That's the way you want it. That's the way you're going to get it. Utterly ridiculous. Like, really, man? 10 dunks in the game. We couldn't be a little better than that? Yeah, he kicked our ass. 11 of 12 from the floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah. Yeah, if you could put a body on Montres Harrell. Yeah, that would be great. What, what the heck was that? What the heck was that? 27 points in 21 minutes. 12, 12 field goal attempts. Yeah, do you realize that uh, 10 of those were dunks? Yeah, 10. Of those field goal attempts were dunks. Yep, yep, great defense, great, great defense. Uh, a guy that I've gained a ton of respect for, Spencer Dinwiddie, is the starting point guard for the Wizards. He looks like a wizard out there. He shot like a, he shot like uh, Josh Okogie, though. One of nine, one of seven from downtown, three points, but still a, a wizard with the ball. Good, great passing skills, dribbling skills, and such. I'm a, I'm a fan, and occasionally the guy can get red hot, but boy, he stunk <laughs> from from the floor. But it didn't matter. Caldwell Pope has gotten better. He did not shoot well in this game, except from downtown. He actually shot fairly well. Davis Bartans also three out of four from downtown off the bench. Deadly, deadly guy. Uh, the Wizards bench just whooped our butts in the game. Um, Denny also Denny from Israel there. Nine points, made half of his shots. Day Davis bartends to backtrack. Five of six from the floor. Three of four from downtown. Just, man. The Wizards bench did a hell of a job. Let's be fair. That's a big reason why they won, along with guys like Daniel Gafford and such. But Montrez Harrell coming off the bench, literally dunked on the Wolves. And the Wiz- Washington Wizards are 14-8. and eight. Good job, Pat. Good job, Wes Unsell Jr. Good job. I thought he played in the NBA, but he didn't. I, that's weird. I I, I I don't know. My memory's all over the place. Sometimes my memory's fantastic, and other times it's like, wait, what What now? But there's like nine million juniors, though. Like Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Glenn Robinson Jr., <laughs> Kobe Bryant Jr. No, I'm kidding. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Actually, Joe Jellybean Bryant, yeah. Okay, what am I talking about? But um, it's... Yeah yeah, there's, there's a lot of juniors in the NBA, and there have been, <laughs> there might be some thirds coming, we even have, a, <laughs> we even have a fourth with the Wolves, of course, that would be McKinley Wright, the fourth, pretty crazy, but overall, yeah, it was a disappointing game, Washington just kind of did what they wanted, to be quite honest, they kind of just beat us up, they just beat us up and won the game, it's that simple, it's that simple, with that said, the Lone Wolf Award, it's got to go to Carl Anthony Towns. It was guaranteed to go to D'Angelo Russell, but he sucked, he sucked in, in a couple of the games afterwards. He was 3 of 18 versus the Washington Wizards. 3 of 18, I, I, 1 of 12 from outside? Thanks for the help, D'Angelo. Gee, thanks, you know. That's not, you're not going to win a game on a road against a team that's dunking all over you. You're not going to do that when you shoot 3 of 18 and 1 of 12 from outside. Where's the magic, D'Angelo? Where's the magic? So, inconsistency right there. That's an urban legend. How you could be that inconsistent? That's an F-minus right there. I'm not going to give him the Johnny Flynn Memorial, even though maybe I could. Maybe I could. Oh, I don't want to, though. Uh, That's just mean. I'm not going to give it to him. Anthony Edwards did not have a good week. Ah. I don't want to give it to him either. He had a 25-point game against the Wizards, but he's been so inconsistent. It's a very gentle. Okay, this is gentle and with love, so to speak, Anthony. This is with love. Ant, excuse me, Ant, pardon me. This is with love. Um I'm going to give you a very gentle Johnny Flynn mem- Johnny Flynn memorial. Okay, he's going to he, he took a swing at me. I'm sorry about that. Um it's gentle. It's temporary. Take it as motivation and get forty, you know, in the, in the next game, okay? go out there and get 40 points tonight, I believe we play tonight, I <laughs> I'm gonna focus on that in the next segment, more more focused on this one, at the moment, that's why I'm kind of weird about it, oh, it was so frustrating though, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, it looked like Carl got fouled like multiple times by him, it looked like Carl got fouled by Gafford, but at the same time, some of those blocks were just so good, Gafford's a professional shot blocker, he, he really is, um, I do think Carl could get at least one or two more fouls called against his opponent in the game, like called in his favor. It's extremely frustrating. But Washington, again, the blocks and the dunks, great job. Carl Dayton's to be fair, did attempt 11 free throws and made 10 of them in the game, 34-10. and 10. He has to get the lone wolf. He had a great week, to be fair. He had a great week. So with that said, we'll take a quick break. And preview the upcoming three games versus the Brooklyn Nets that is tonight. Yep, Brooklyn Nets. That's going to be a fun one. First place in the East, the Atlanta Hawks. Love it. Love it. And the Utah Jazz. (laughs) Are back here on Tim Roll's Explosion segment number two. Number two. <laughs> Look at the upcoming games here versus the Brooklyn Nets, Atlanta Hawks, and Utah Jazz. Wolves have had some thrillers in Brooklyn. December the third, Friday. That's today, Friday, December the third, twenty twenty-one. We're at the end of twenty twenty-one already. Oh, things will be so much better in twenty twenty-two. Oh, just wait for New Year. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a lot like the same. Things things change often, but they don't change overnight like that necessarily, when it's New Year's. It's not like, oh, yeah, it's all... New. Yeah, New Year's is overrated. Uh, enjoy the uh, Christmas a little bit more. In my opinion, can't wait to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Love their unis. Hope they have a great uh, season. Unfortunately, they're not off to a great start. But neither is Philadelphia, to be fair. Brooklyn looks absolutely great. Utah is still excellent as well. And by chance, the Washington Wizards are... Yeah, look at that. mantras Harrell at the free throw line. <laughs> Oh, man, did he kick our ass. Jeez. Big boy, too, isn't he? Tough guy. Tough dude. Um, I like that Washington went back to that Bullets look. I do. It's just that there's literally no Wizard. (laughs) Brooklyn Nets. I apologize. I'm too much here. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt still shows up as ill, even though he did play. Yeah, didn't he? Maybe. Oh, no, he did not. He's still sick, and it's not COVID-related. It's the flu. Uh, Patrick Beverly left adductor strain still. Joe Harris to the ankle. Yep, he's had some big moments with those three-point shots. He could be damn good at times. He can be damn good. I believe he won it, right? He he won the three-point competition a few years back. I'm going to backtrack about something super fast here. Yeah, I thought I heard something crazy. Yeah, somebody was like, Pat Beverly had a great night. No, he didn't. He didn't play. I was like, he did not play. Versus, somebody said that on on a show yesterday like he didn't play <laughs> nope he still has the adductor strain and yeah they were saying that's like about two weeks or so from the injury on november the 25th sorry for backtracking brooklyn's obviously got a great offense they're eighth it's not as good as last year though but they're still winning games like crazy i remember they were number one at times uh six and assists, 25th and rebounds wolves are actually winning that category field goal percentage their fifth they yep, have free throw percentage fifth block shots 11th to the wolves second but Washington, yeah, they were the other great shot-blocking team. I remember going into that game, and they are. They're a great shot-blocking team. <laughs> There's no question about that. They had that lead, they had like seven blocks against us. And like half of them are on towns. Ugh, so frustrating. Assist to turnover, their seventh. Well, Steve Nash is their, is their coach. He's not their point guard. He's their coach. Yep. So, obviously a very talented team. Brooklyn Nets are 4-1 in their last five. Wolves 3-2. and two. Not bad. Not bad at all, actually. They beat the Orlando Magic by only one point, or two points, one basket, 115-113. They beat Cleveland in Cleveland, 117-112. They beat Boston in Boston, 123-104. Lost to the Suns like everybody else is right now, 113-107, including the Warriors. Yes, good job. Good job, Phoenix. Can't wait to play them again, I think. (laughs) I'm afraid to. And then the crosstown rivals, the New York Knicks. New York Knickerbockers, New York Knicks in Brooklyn. One twelve to 110. That's always a fun matchup between those two clubs. On the yes network. The yes network. The nope network must be the Pelicans then. Okay, sorry. I had to say it. Sorry. I, Sorry. Hopefully, Jared Vanderbilt is able to come back from his illness soon, and that would really be nice. Kevin Durant is an absolute stud. He should have been MVP last year if he didn't miss an extended period of time. Helped me win a fantasy championship when he came back. He is the greatest... Uh, James Harden, yeah. Does anybody like this guy? <laughs> I'm not a big fan either. He's not shooting well this year. 41%. What happened? What happened, James? <laughs> He's down to 21 points a game. He's declining quickly here, but that can always change uh, Can always change right back the other way, though, with some of these guys. Patty Mills is making almost half of his threes. Joe Harris, same thing, but Harris with an ankle injury, so he will most likely not play. Nicholas Claxton, the son of Speedy, only four games thus far. Blake Griffin is way, way down there. A lot of these older guys like uh, uh, that have been all over the place, like LaMarcus Aldrich. Yeah, they have LaMarcus Aldrich too, kind of dropping off a bit. Good lord. Uh, five and a half points a game. 31% from the floor. This is always a tough matchup. It's always a fun matchup. It's just always tough. Uh, we've had some good games. I think Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a great one. This is where this is pretty much where he's from, as they call him. He's like an army brat, so to speak. But yeah, Brooklyn is, or excuse me, New Jersey is where he's from. So the Nets were that, you know, his his club growing up. I think Carl Anthony Towns reaches thirty plus in the game. I think the Wolves are in it all the way to the end. But I feel the Brooklyn Nets will get the win. Unfortunately, Wolves have had some good road games, and they may maybe the Wolves do come out here, especially if D'Angelo Russell shows up or Anthony Edwards and has a great. Um, has a great performance. But of course, Carl Anthony Towns may not play, so it's safe to say the Wolves will not win. Carl Anthony Towns may not even play in the game. We shall see. Or if he does play, he'll be pretty ginger out there. As Tailbone injuries really suck. It's not fun. Um, it's funny to imagine, though, sitting on the bench, but it hurt him as much as standing, which is kind of, you know, standing and playing. That's the funny part about all that, is that with a sick sense of humor again. But I do believe the Brooklyn Nets end up beating the Timberwolves, unfortunately. Final score of 118 to 110. Brooklyn, that's, no, 118 to 116. It's going to be down to the wire. Wolves will be right there. One of 117 or something like that. Might even go to OT and you get a final score of something like 128 to 125. But I do believe Brooklyn wins by a hair over the Minnesota Timberwolves, unfortunately. Atlanta Hawks. Thankfully, it's not in Atlanta because the Wolves never win there. The Wolves never, ever, ever, ever win in Atlanta. I mean, I remember last year, what was it? uh, Or was it two years ago already? yeah uh, jeff Shy, he was so bad he was like one of 13 or something he was awful and the wolves got their butts handed to them by an improving atlanta team wolves do head to atlanta jan 19. He, i'm not going to write a red l on it for loss but we almost never win there it's, it's frustrating cam reddish sprained left wrist as of december the first bogdanovich ankle sprain as of no, uh, november uh, 28th and deandre hunter with a wrist injury as of the 9th of November. I think he broke his wrist, unfortunately. I could be wrong. But I remember, yeah, he's out for an extended period, though. Clint Capella is one of my favorite players in the game. Uh, Atlanta Hawks are, have, are the best at protecting the basketball. They're first place in least turnovers. Second in assisted turnover ratio. Shouldn't be too surprised about that. Second in three-point percentage. Excellent. And they're, they have the seventh-best offense, yet they're just barely above 500, which is kind of weird. Hawks are 3-2 and two in their last five. They beat the Miami Heat part Pardon me, they lost. To, no, that's us. Oops. Nope. They're four and one. I I I thought they were playing better. Oklahoma City, who got absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna back, I'm gonna go off for three seconds here. Oklahoma City got beat by Memphis yesterday by seventy three points. Seventy three points, the biggest margin of victory in NBA history, which is really crazy because the Wolves beat the Memphis Grizzlies this year with the biggest margin of victory of this season. So, isn't that the darndest thing? When you think about that, that's just weird. I'll backtrack to that one in a moment, but uh, <laughs> just for a split second later on. Pretty crazy. Uh, Memphis, they got beat by 22 by the Atlanta Hawks. 32, pardon me. What's up with the Memphis Grizzlies? It's like they said, screw this, we're tired of blowing people out. We're going to blow someone out. I guess. That's funny, man. Oklahoma, though, 113-101. Atlanta wins 124-106. to Atlanta over San Antonio. Uh, again, he beat Memphis by 32. My God. In Memphis, by the way. What the heck? What's up with the Memphis Gri- uh, Grizzlies? They're weird. New York Knicks, the Hawks got beat by the Knicks there 99-90. So a little revenge for the Knicks for knocking them out of the playoffs last year in a great series. And the Hawks beat the uh, Pacers 114-111. In what looks to be uh, looked to be a nice game. Clint Capella is one of my favorite players in the league. There's no question about it. You know I like big men that block shots. I also like good point guards as well. So I'm kind of, I'm balanced all over the place. And I'm basically, when I play or played, I'm a wing. You know, that type of thing. Gory Zhang's on the Hawks, but only averaging about eight and a half minutes a game. That's too bad. I like Gory Zhang. That's too bad to see him buried on the bench like that. Bogdanovich he's had his moments, but he's got an ankle sprain right now. He's probably not going to play. Those don't usually recover that fast. Clint Capella's averaging how many blocks? One and a half? That's down a bit, but he's averaging a double-double, so another Daniel Gafford there, but in my opinion, a better version. Gafford's going to be a better shot blocker, but Clint Capella, just one of my favorites. John Collins, guy the Wolves supposedly really wanted. He's not that great of a rebounder. He's a good scorer, but yeah, but he does block shots, though. One and a half a game there. Trey Young is averaging 26- and a half a game, nine assists, 33% or 38% from downtown. John Collins is averaging 40%. Bogdanovich, 39%. Cam Reddish, 38%. (laughs) Man, they have all kinds of three-point shooters all over the team, regardless if they're a stretch four or or a guard. Everybody's around 40%, so that's why the Hawks are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. I do think the Wolves beat the Hawks. I think it'll be a very fun, entertaining battle between the two clubs. An offensive type of night. Final score of 120-116-115. to 116, uh, to 115. The Wolves win by five over the Atlanta Hawks. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards dazzles against to 35-plus in the game. 35-plus. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are able to defeat the Atlanta Hawks in target center. Now we get to play the Jazz again, which the Wolves swept last season. How fun was that? Wasn't that awesome? And I do think uh, back backtracking the Atlanta Hawks have the best jerseys in the league. The classic, red, the classic looking red and the classic looking whites are just unbelievable. Both of them they, I can't say home or away anymore just oh, the, the red ones or the white ones they're both great. Some nights I like the whites more than the reds. Just the way the color kind of blends. It's just an awesome look. Similar with the Calgary Flames in the NHL. If you hadn't noticed I like kind of a red, orange and white look. It's so nice. <laughs> I, I absolutely love uniforms like that that are executed well. Sometimes you can screw that up, but uh, the Hawks and the Calgary Flames do an unbelievable job in that category. Ooh, Mike Conley. Why does it say January 4th? Sore left Achilles. I think he's playing, right? I think he's been playing. Let's see. Well, 19 games. Maybe he has a sore left Achilles, but he's playing, or he's... Ah, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because it says January 4th. That can't be right, so <clears throat> might be just an old injury report that's still stuck up there. Hassan Whiteside, he's been all over the league. He's in with the Heat. He's been all over the place. I can't remember all the teams he's been on anymore. The Heat's where he really got going. He's with the Utah Jazz now, everything a block and a half, in only 15 minutes. Rudy Gay is still playing? Wow, and he's on the... Uh, Utah Jazz, what a weird team, but a lot of talent at the top, the other Bogdanovich, Bojan Bogdanovich, averaging 17 points a game, 40% of me from downtown, Donovan Mitchell, not a spectacular 3 point shooter, but he's putting the ball in the basket for the most part, I think he shoots a little too much though, that's why his field goal percentage is kind of out of whack, 23 and a half a game, Obviously can play uh, really well. Jordan Clarkson's been a Wolves killer at times. He's had some great games against Minnesota. Joe Ingles can get hot from downtown sometimes, 41% on the season. Bit of a role player, but a damn good one, to be quite fair. Regarding Joe Ingles, uh, Mike Conley, 44% from downtown also. That's three-point shots, for those who are wondering. (laughs) why I'm staying downtown every 10 seconds. Uh, They they shoot the ball pretty well in Utah. They're in the upper echelon in most categories. They're seventh, no, fifth in rebounding, second in points per game. Wow. Blocks, eighth. Yep, I'm not too surprised there when you have guys like uh, Rudy Gobert there, the Eiffel Tower, the Stifle Tower, as they call him, and almost 15 rebounds a game. He's been a headache for Carl Anthony Townsend to deal with over the course of the many years here now. But the Wolves swept Utah last year. I got a crappy feeling it's going to end, though. (laughs) It's gonna end at some point. When do we play the jazz? Again, yeah, we play them four times, yep because we're in the same division. Uh, December the 8th of course, December 23rd, December 31st and January 30th. I wouldn't be surprised if the wolves won this season series or at least tied it again. Ah I, I'm gonna step out in good faith. The wolves go two and one this week and beat the Utah Jazz at Target Center. Uh, step out in faith. They've been playing so well Have the Wolves. Anthony Edwards and Carl had some great games versus them last year. I think uh, they combined. I think the three Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns combined for at least 60 in the game. I think they work well together. Don't be surprised if Beasley chips in a good 15-plus, though, in the game as well. Uh, hopefully, Carl Anthony Towns is, is, is fully healthy by this point, and you'll have Jared Vanderbilt back you're going to really need Jared Vanderbilt versus the Utah Jazz with their size, their length, and all that, because they have multiple big guys that can play and block shots and such. Could be a very frustrating night for the Wolves where we actually end up losing by 10-plus, but I got a feeling, I got a feeling the Wolves are going to beat the Jazz. That the, you know, it'll just, you know, because Donovan Mitchell shoots kind of too much, and his field goal percentage is not so great. That type of thing. That's one of the his point totals are high. I'd probably get frustrated with Donovan Mitchell at times, as great as he can be. But the Wolves are going to somehow beat the Jazz in a fairly solid effort. They're going to actually bring the points down a bit just Utah being number two in the league. 115-1. Let's now let's go with one eleven. That's what I'm saying. One eleven to 105. Wolves beat the Utah Jazz. And yep, yeah, the quote-unquote big three combines for at least 60, if not 75-ish, in a big, big performance by those guys at the end of the day. With that said. We will come back and look at the uh, Thousand thousand Podcasts a little bit and, of course, interact with you out there hearing what you have to say as well. Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction segment, and now it's time to celebrate 1,000 podcasts overall with the five different podcast feeds I've created over the years. Is it five? Is it six? I'm losing count. It's been quite a few. Paladino Live, Purple Mafia, Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild. It is six. Yeah, Showtime and t and then Freedom of Thought. Of course, Paladino Live is no more... Uh, Showtime and T Wolves has been on a hiatus for about five or six years now. Unfortunately, we'll talk about each and every one of these a little bit here and there. But thing it all started years ago with Paladino Live, uh, and then even before that, though, I did YouTube. I called that Paladino Live, a, a YouTube account where I just randomly just decided I'm going to review the Vikings game today on video, and then I just like, that was fun. And people seemed to kind of like it. Not everybody, but it was kind of fun. Let's see what happens. And I kept going. I kept doing them and kept doing them. And then I started doing a little Tim Rolls, a little bit of Wild here and there. And then a friend of mine that I met on there introduced me to Dylan Richardson. Unfortunately, we're not friends anymore because the guy kind of took his mask off years later and ended up not being a nice guy at all here. He completely changed on me, so I won't mention his name. But uh, Dylan Richardson, though, who uh, founded the SportsStuff website for podcasting and blogs? Mostly podcasting, but you could do blogs and even video blogs and all that. Uh, said, "Wow, well, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, would you like to? Would you like to start a podcast on my page?" And I was like, "Sure." And I just kept putting it off and putting it off. Then I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to do it now." I, I keep. I was just worried. I was not sure if it would be a good idea or not. And it's like, wait a minute, why wouldn't it be a good idea? I mean, podcasting. I'd rather do that than video anyway. There's a little bit less editing, and you're more free to talk rather than just a quick little stuff like Colonel Anthony Towns at 20 points and 15 rebounds, and you know, and then you'd sw- yeah, it's just it was faster doing video, and it took a lot of time to edit and such, and the quality wasn't that great either, and I don't have the the, the resources to to have like a beautiful beautiful setup or anything, that's such a thing. But the YouTube actually did fairly well for a minute. That was, again, August uh, and uh, September 2007. People like the Angry Video Game Nerd kind of made me want to make a YouTube page years ago. (laughs) Angry Video Game Nerd, lots of fun to watch out there. AVGN, as they call him. Um, But no, in January 2008, January 28, 2008, I finally started podcasting with Paladino Live. And it was about at least three teams, because I know there was a a Twins podcast on there. It was called tc talk not the nicest guy in the world why does everybody from minnesota give me a hard time i i don't understand but he wasn't a real nice guy um he just wasn't let's just leave it at that it wasn't bad but he wasn't nice either he didn't seem to want me around even though i wasn't i promised i wouldn't talk twins so there's no competition there hello dude <laughs> so yep it was the minnesota vikings of course to, uh, to minnesota timberwolves and minnesota wild it was called paladino live and i did that for a while And it just didn't seem to catch on. It kind of had a couple moments. It didn't seem to catch on all that great. And then it's like, wait a minute. Why don't I just do a Minnesota Vikings show? And I think Dylan even mentioned that. You could keep doing Purple uh, Paladino Live, but uh, create a Vikings show. So I did that. I created a Vikings show in April 2008. And I was super excited. Like, that's going to do well. I just knew it. And right away, it it got better numbers than Paladino Live. And I kept thinking, okay, Timberwolves and Wild, yeah, and then uh, and then uh, that's cool. And then TC Talk stopped doing the podcast. They just said, I don't want to do this anymore. And then Dylan said, okay, I guess you're free to talk to Minnesota Twins now. I, I wasn't that good at uh, doing a baseball podcast, like doing that section of it. Even my friend Paul and others said that was the weakest part of the show. Because I just, I'm not that good at it. I, I love baseball. I, I know baseball very well. But there's a lot of interest uh, variables to baseball that I don't have the proper knowledge to do a podcast in like this, this pitch, that pitch. I'm just not into all that and all that analytical stuff too that gets way overblown in baseball. So I dropped that and I realized how, again, it just wasn't catching on and it pissed me off. So it's like, wait a minute, let's just wrap up Paladino Live, split it into the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast and a, and a wild podcast Yes, it's getting kind of obsessive and obnoxious having three podcasts, but hey, it's a podcast dedicated to the Timberwolves and a podcast dedicated to the Minnesota Wild. So early August 2008, Timberwolves Explosion began. A week later, Brave the Wild began as well. And there you go. Uh, Many years later, well, not many years later, but four years later, I met Vince Drumano in 2012. Courtside podcast, absolutely awesome. Thank you so much, Vince Drumano. Uh, got him uh, on there. <laughs> Just it was so nice to meet Vince Romano and then eventually uh, Hank McCoy, who actually his real name was Wayne Hunt. He was having fun with the nickname. Uh, Stu Benson came around later on. There was uh, B.G. He was the uh, third host at the time, and he was a writer and all that. Apparently, he kind of broke things off with the guys. I don't. Know, he, from what I heard, he wasn't the nicest guy. At the end of the day, it was too bad. Um, that was a shame. But the courtside podcast guys out of Australia, Vince Romano ends up becoming an absolutely unbelievable friend. Um, uh, I gotta say, Wayne Hunt's a great friend also. Um, We don't interact as much, unfortunately, but that's how that goes. Uh, We all have our busy lives and such. But um, years later, Vince Trimano being a Lakers fan, we decided, hey, let's have an international podcast. Let's do a podcast together. And we started up uh, (laughs) Showtime and T-Wolves. Showtime Lakers versus the the T-Wolves. And we talked about both teams. It was a lot of fun. The, the the timing was tough. I didn't want to strain Vince for, like staying up too late or getting up too early, and then same thing with me and the weird schedule and all that. Because my schedule fluctuates all the time, it's a pain in the butt. Uh, and I work second shift, which is a weird time as well. Sometimes I have to catch up with Wolves games and such before I could do the show, or you know, and obviously there's stuff like that. Um, I'm able to catch up during the course of the week or early morning, late at night sometimes. So there's that. <laughs> Um, but I really enjoyed doing that show. We ended up making 15 episodes, and then just kind of, like, we were like, oh, you know, and then I I, I was getting, I was too busy getting married, and then he was busy with other things as well, was Vince, so, and then we never, like, uh, started doing the show again, but he's called into the Timberwolves Explosion since a few times, and of course, we've had many interactions on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and such. Uh, Absolutely love the guy, so it was a lot of fun doing that show. Uh, So over the years with uh, Timberwolves Explosion, I had, uh, Marcus the Forecaster join me a few times, going all the way back to episode two, even, and then it was like once or twice a year, and then all of a sudden, it's like, we just kept doing it. It started with State of the Timberwolves 2010, which I think was the best Timberwolves, uh, explosion podcast still to this day. I think that was the best one ever. I just, I loved that show, and that was the first breakthrough episode, to be quite frank, when it's, I was like, oh my god, I could get a thousand listeners? Wow. It actually did really well. And that was the beginning of something a little better. Of course, the numbers for Timberwolves Explosion have fluctuated over the years up and down. We're seeing numbers all the way up into the 10,000s and all the way down to 200 after the tens of thousands. Think about that, two or 300. Think about how that feels, the uh, roller coaster of emotions and, and uh, you know, euphoria down to absolute despair. Two or three, 400? I mean, it's still, you think two or three, 400 people in a room, like, wow, that's a lot. But from ten thousand ish, so that was a roller coaster ride. Um, all the shows have had ups and downs over the years. Timberwolves explosion sometimes gets nothing, and then then it, sometimes it's two thousand plus, and it's I shouldn't even be saying the real numbers, but <laughs> sometimes it's it's up there, you know, way up there, three thousand and beyond. It's had some good days. Uh, Brave the Wild has probably been the strongest show of the last year. Uh, that show has really caught on. That show was the third place show. I remember at times I was thinking about canceling that one. Purple Mafia, obviously lots of <clears throat> ups and downs with that one. Generally, it's been the most consistent show over the years, but it's that one's kind of going through a down period. I'd say that's one of my weaker shows right now. It's been losing followers on Twitter and such. I don't know. Sometimes people just don't like you, or so many shows pop up over the course of the, you know the like five-year span or so, uh, you, you have shows that are fanboys. You have shows that are really deep into analytics. You have shows with familiar guests and such. And there's just so many variables as to why the show's numbers fluctuate. Th- things like that don't help usually. Um, people want more of a fan uh, fanboy show. People want somebody they've, they they know who they, they, they gets a ton of guests that are like big names and such. Um, <clears throat> somebody that's already established in the radio business. This and that. So all kinds of variables and factors can harm Timberwolves, Explosion, Brave the Wild, Purple Mafia, over the course of the years. Freedom of thought is kind of out there, and I'm just gonna—I'm not gonna get too into that one right now. Uh, I I don't want to get political. It's—it's out there a bit. It's—and in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily politics. It could be just free thinking, like talking about the Mandela effect or something like that, or—or cryptocurrency which maybe you don't want to hear too much about on this episode or other episodes of Timberwolves Explosion, maybe just a quick ad for Crypto.com, which is going to be the naming rights of Staples Center now. Pretty crazy. It's going to take over the naming rights from Staples for the Lakers and the uh, Clippers. Pretty cool. So even more reason to join if you're Vince Germano or something. <laughs> Somebody likes the Lakers or Clippers, right? Um, but it's it's been a hell of a run. 10th or 1,000 shows. I figured I'd get there someday be, just, be, just out of consistency and longevity. Not because I'm so great or anything, but just because I keep doing it and I keep wanting to do it, despite sometimes people think it's a waste of time or this or that, but you guys keep bringing me back because the fact you're out there, I don't want to just say, hey, Vince, hey, hey uh, Tanae Brown, who, who I met in 2013. What an awesome guy out of New Zealand. Absolutely awesome guy. Huge part of the history of Timberwolves Explosion. Huge. And his, uh, his older brother, Levi Brown, also out of New Zealand, of course. Can't thank you guys enough. I, I met Lucas Quayle, Nicholas Simon, um, Jules Postarino. There's been some others over the years. Of course, Nigel Southern was the first person out of Australia that I met for this show. Great guy as well. Um, absolutely great guy. I haven't heard from him in forever, though, unfortunately. Vince Germano, Tony Brown, you guys have been just great. And Levi, absolutely unbelievable. Just 10 a. Brown has been a, such a big part of this show. I apologize I didn't mention him sooner. I mean, what am I thinking? Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, just uh, that Courtside podcast really opened the door to another part of the, the world, and I really appreciate that. Obviously, I'd met some Australians on thesportstuff.com over the years as well, but not, not not as many or a lot of them kind of, they kind of went their own way. Like, we'd be friends for a little while, and then suddenly they'd leave thesportstuff.com, and I'd never hear from them again. It was kind of a bummer, kind of a shame. But guys like Tanay, Vince, uh, uh, Stu Pence, and Hank McCoy. Uh, I keep calling him Hank McCoy because I'm so used to that. Uh, Wayne Hunt have hung around forever. And I just, God bless you guys. Absolutely. Uh, Reese Padretti, of course, known as Pumpa, He did the uh, the basketball show podcast. He did another one. He's really good at it. uh, But I uh, don't think he does a podcast anymore. Maybe someday again. And he could be a guest sometime on the show or call in. He's a Golden State Warriors fan, though, so that's unfortunate, but <laughs> no, actually, I'm sure it feels good having three championships in recent years. Probably does. We wouldn't know a whole lot about that around here right now yet, maybe someday. But really appreciate you guys. Let's hear what some of you have to say on Twitter and such. At T-Wolves E-X, uh, at T-Wolves i so I'll get down to that now instead of rambling about myself and my show. Uh, if I'm going too far into that. I want to thank... Uh, Vince Germano, Tanae Brown, and Levi Brown for retweeting the most recent episode. 314, don't push us around. (sighs) Yep. I was saying, yay, just stand there and force up a three. Very creative. Now we go into overtime with no town. Sounds like a plan. Yep, that was Anthony Edwards. I was really mad. I was mad as hell. Tanae said, just stupid. At least try to get inside. And I was saying, yeah, that pissed me off royally. Then, um, I was saying bleeping BS. Rebound the bleeping ball. I give up. I was getting really emotional in that game. Uh, Jenae Brown said just got manhandled under the rim. Embiid with a clear push on Nas, but Vando gave a position under the rim. Way easy to draw me. That's when it went to uh, double overtime. And I was just furious. Yeah, the game went into double OT. I was so mad. Um, <clears throat> I was like, now we really are going to lose because now there's no what's-his-name. Uh, Vando, he followed out. Uh, Kane was saying, and then the Sixers get all all the marginal contact called for them. It's outrageous. Yep, that was beyond frustrating. Literally, there was no foul. I was losing my mind there. That end of game officials report will be interesting. I was saying, boo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <coughs> and then I said, big time steal for D'Lo Dagger. Now please get the stop here for the love of God, because the game was finally going to end, as it was a one-point game. Somebody was going to win or lose here, and somebody was going to win the game at that point. Today, said D'Lo with his best game with the Wolves, maybe even the best of his career. Wow, what a game, and it truly was. I was saying, OMG, they did it, they did it, they did it, blah, blah, blah. And today said, big win for the Wolves. This is a game that we would have lost 10 out of 10 times over the last 10 plus years. No Towns or McDaniels. In OT and still getting the, the, the massive W. Yeah, wasn't that beautiful? It was absolutely great. Uh, yeah, and McDaniel's as well. It was McDaniel's. We just lost so many bodies during the course of that game. Um, today, then asked. What do you think the biggest difference with the Wolves has been over the past 10 games? Is it Finch's coaching, players taking responsibility, or just overall development? I believe, yeah, I, I was responding with kind of all the above. It, it really was. Yeah, I was thinking it's all the above. I think you hit the nail on the head with all of those. What a fun show it's going to be on Friday. Podcast number 1,000 overall. Yep. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I think it's a bit of a, a bit of everything there. Uh, Finch is doing a really good job he he coaches defense more than you think people think of him as an offense only guy but I think he's a balanced coach Uh, players have been taking more responsibility especially Anthony Edwards still though he still does settle for those damn outside shots at times and he doesn't get calls inside which is driving me nuts that's not Anthony Edwards fault it's the rookie, uh, well second year guy thing they're still not giving him the love yet hopefully it gets better Uh, and overall development, sure of course, guys getting better like Vando, Anthony, and all of them. And then uh, when, I, when I tweeted back to Tanay about the 1,000 and all that, and really excited about the show, Tanay said, can't wait to listen, mate, and congratulations on 1,000. One of the best in the business. Cheers to many more, I hope, and thank you so much, today. I really appreciate that. As I try not to cough to death here, thank God for the quote-unquote dumb button. Yep, and there's Levi Brown creating a graphic here. Your top podcast was T- uh, Tim Rule's Explosion. Yep, thank you so very much. Yeah, thank you very much. That was really cool. So thank you for uh, listing that as I'm um, the top podcast for you. Thank you so much, Levi. I really appreciate that. It, it's an honor. Ali, uh, I was saying tomorrow when I record Tim Explosion, it'll be the 1,000 of my overall career, uh, overall podcast in my career. Ali Sidikai, Minnesota, locally here does the fire logo like yes like that's awesome semi-optimistic wolves fan says grats yeah thank you very much to you derek felska was a big fan or a big friend of uh, brave the wild and writes crease for crease and assist he writes uh, it's the sports daily but his blog is called crease and assist regarding the minnesota wild and a lot of uh nhl and such but the minnesota wild is uh, 99% of it uh, stories and Reviews of games and his his wife also writes uh, previews as well. Random hoops that would be Pumpa out of Brisbane, Australia. Pumpa, also known as Reese Padretti, says congratulations, legend, and thank you so very much, Reese Padretti. He's also a nice friend I met in 2012 as well from the courtside podcast and such. Um, awesome guys out of Australia. I just you guys are the backbone of this show. I, I just you know out of Australia and New Zealand, by the way, uh, you are the absolute backbone of the show though I do appreciate the local listeners that might not be uh, making themselves known. I'm, I'm sure you're out there. I, obviously, there, there's a number of you because it's not like only it's only Australia. There's obviously Minnesotans. There's people from Iowa and South Dakota that listen as well, and I, I, I thank you guys also. Uh, I don't want you to think I'm just pushing you aside. I just uh, wish you'd come forward. Say hello and In, introduce yourself. Uh, it would be great to know you. Uh, but guys out of Australia and New Zealand, obviously, 10 Levi out of New Zealand, and all the great friends out of Australia. You guys are just, uh, again, I can't thank you enough. Obviously, uh, Ali Siddiqui, I think he listens. I think he does. Maybe, maybe off and on. He's, he's local. I'm curious where Semi-Optimistic Wolves fan is from. Does it say? I don't think it does. Oh, Seattle, Washington. Well, there you go. Seattle. Cool. Seattle. <laughs> and his uh, profile picture is that of... Vando, gotta like that. Jared Vanderbilt. Very cool, indeed. Yes, sir. This is kind of crazy. A lot going on. All these messages popped up. We'll uh, hit the X for that right now. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. But first, I'll read off some people that may have responded to the... It's mostly likes and such. But, uh, Luke Rasmussen says, Wee! Uh, Tene Brown out of New Zealand says, Well done, mate. Can't wait to listen. Thank you for the hours upon hours of entertainment and for always enter- uh, providing us listeners with a quality product. Cheers to many more, Joey, and thank you again, Tene. Uh, Brian Jensen, there's a, a friend I met years ago at my other job. Uh, yeah, Brian Jensen, who was a police officer at the time, really cool, really, really cool guy. He was asking where he could find and We had a little interaction there. AJ... Yep, this is Andre, of course. Andre says, uh, favorite coach in Wolves history. I responded with either Flip or Chris Finch, honestly. Uh, he talked about Thibs a bit. What did he say about Thibs? He said, Thibs tried to bring back the Chicago Bulls of 2011, and Rick Edelman was always unavailable. At one time, we had Randy Women, Dwayne Casey, and Sam Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, Randy Women I wasn't a big fan of. Casey was okay, and Mitchell was okay, for sure. Sherry uh, Thiesing says, congratulations, Joey. Neil would have loved this. And yes, uh... See, now I can get to, to Neil a bit, too, as well. On Brave the Wild, Neil was an occasional co-host, and he was he has a lot of passion for hockey, had a lot of passion for hockey, was such a great guy, and he, he passed away in um, February 2008. It was just heartbreaking. One of the nicest guys in the world. There's no question about it. Um, Neil Nate Dog Thiesing. I still leave his name with the, uh, the host on, on the top. I'm never going to take his name off. It's going to have Neil Najog thesing up there forever. I made that promise. Uh, just an awesome guy. Uh, and it was fun doing shows with him. It it, it really was. It was kind of, we we'd kind of do them off and on here and there. And I, I just, you know, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. We had a lot of fun. 2011, State of the Wild 2011 is, was a good one. Also, uh, there was one in March of 2012 that was absolutely great. I think it was, or was it a little before that, maybe February. Um, that was called Worst Team in the NHL. That was, one of our, that was one of our greatest moments. It was such a fun show. You could just really see uh, hear, hear Neil's personality and even put a face to it as well. Um, an amazing, amazing person, Neil Naitok Thiessing. I'm going to give him a moment of silence. Thank you always, Neil Thiesing. a huge, huge part of the history there during the thousand years. It's just, it's amazing, you know, uh, a thousand podcasts, the things that can happen. Uh, Just obviously some friends came and some friends left, you know, friends would would go. They're not friends anymore. Marcus the Forecaster, I pretty much never hear from him anymore, which is really sad. But that's how things go. People kind of grow apart at at times, and it's it's a bleep and shame. It it really is. And I think that's it for the interaction. I thought I posted the thousand on this, on the Facebook page as well, but I didn't. I guess facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. There's no interaction on that one (coughs) that I can know about. I'll I'll check this really quick. I think that's it, though. Yeah, this is, yeah, some of this is from 2019, so that's definitely not what I'm looking for, so, (laughs) hey, it was before COVID-19, you know, it'd be nice to go back to 2019, it really would, because, yeah, for so many reasons, let me tell you, with that said, just hoping, uh, you know, hoping the Timberwolves continue to play well, this and that, and thank every one of you for being there. During the course of time, not all of you were around the entire time, but those of you that were around a big portion of the time and are still there, I, I just can't thank you enough and I hope you, I hope you stick around as long as possible because, I, I, you know, I don't want to see anybody go away. I don't want to see anybody go away and certainly uh, Neil Nakedog thesis when his uh, health diminished after, uh, it, was, it was sometime during the spring of 2012, his health diminished and he came on the show again later in the summer and I still had him on fairly frequently after that, but he wasn't, he wasn't as healthy as he was, as he was before, I'll just leave it at that, it was a, it was a crying shame, he had a weird, some, something weird happened, I'm not sure, but, uh, even he didn't know, and his family didn't know either, it was some, something just, (laughs) something unfortunate happened, and he had to take a lot of medication, so, with that said, wishing all of you a wonderful, wonderful week, hopefully the Wolves continue to play better, and until next time, go Timberwolves!